Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of The Only Podcast. Our topic today is quite topical. Topical topic? That works. Um, can networking improve well-being? It might sound like a leap. It is a big part of what we're doing at Only and we've got four, four panellists, including me. I'm going to get you guys to all introduce yourself, starting with Kelly, please. Uh, hi everyone, so I am Kelly West, one of the founders of Only, uh, Only Networking and the Only Boardroom. Fantastic. Andy? Hello everybody, uh, Andy Taylor-White, founder of the Inspiration Bureau, and I'm a presentation consultant that helps people to inform and inspire others. Excellent. And I'm Andy, number two, um, of Pulse8, I'm responsible for this production, and what we do is videography and podcasts, and help you put emotion into your business through the magic of, I'm going to say video again, video. <laughs> you can say video, that works. So, topic today, we are going to talk about mental well-being, mental health, and we're going to also talk about networking. Doesn't seem particularly like it might be connected, depends on what your understanding of networking is. Um, what we're very aware of within only networking, well, I think everyone's aware, particularly at the moment, where are we now, August 2020, and um, we've all been in lockdown, it's all been a crazy year, mental health has been affected, but it's a problem that's been there pre-existing anyway and it's kind of ramped up I think it's magnified a lot of things um, we don't have to go into loads of detail about the damage that poor mental health causes because it's pretty much well understood um, what we do want to think about though is the root cause of that and I've read a book that I'm going to um, quote a little bit from and we're also going to then look at the connection with networking what's this all got to do with networking so um, the book in question it's called Lost Connections a chap called jo Johan Hari and it's basically this notion is why is society, particularly Western society, so depressed? So it talks about medication, talks about the factors that contribute to people being depressed rather than it being a kind of biological imperative. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them because they're not all completely relevant. A couple of things spring out meaningful work. So we all need kind of a meaningful purpose in our lives. There's a whole chapter on that. Um, loneliness is touched upon. Loneliness is as damaging to health currently as obesity the statistically a provable fact it's incredibly damaging there's been lots of experiments done on that um but also that loneliness is kind of misunderstood because you can be lonely in somewhere like times square you can be lonely on a zoom call or in a room full of people to not be lonely you've got to feel connected to those people and you've got to have shared values and that really is the starting point for this meaningful connection that is what people need. Um, and this comes up in lots of studies that I've looked at around the world. Meaningful connection is so central. So that's how we're going to start to link this into networking and maybe challenge some of those misconceptions or predisposed ideas of what networking is. So um, let's just go around the room. What are our, because we've all got different experiences. Where do we stand on mental health, Andy Wood and maybe the connection to networking. Ah, okay. I'm in the firing line first. So I, I think uh, mental health, at some point, everybody suffers from some sort of mental health, whether they recognize it or not. Some people recognize it in other people. But talking personally, I've suffered from mental health, um, antidepressants and things like that, mainly through going through a divorce, which then actually changed my personality um, to be a bit more, I don't know, assertive, a bit more, I'm not going to waste my time anymore, I'm going to go for what I want to go for in life, and 
the point to this is that it led into me actually starting my business, meeting my current partner and, and having that encouragement to, to go for it. And I recognise through starting the business, through the ups and downs we all face in business, actual fact to keep on top of your mental health is absolutely imperative because I because I've experienced it, I thought I cannot go through that low again because I'm responsible for my income. I can't take time off work. Somebody's not going to pay me. So I recognise that it's important to notice all the trigger factors. I knew that I need to keep on top of my fitness, my diet, uh, you know, seeing friends and family. If all those dropped away, it could lead down to like, you know, being depressed, going back on tablets. Never recommend that, by the way. My personal experience, it helped for a point. It's actual fact my twin brother said, you're too happy now. You need to look. And I was like, how can you be too happy when I was at the bottom and then I'm up here? But actual fact, you need to still balance it because otherwise you don't then empathise with other people because you're on these tablets. So that's my experience so far and I recognise it's extremely important in business. Um, one last thing I want to touch on is that I recently I'm taken on an apprentice. By the time this airs, he probably will be with me. I've built in mental wellness days those days where you just think you know you've gone through a split up it's okay to take the day off you don't physically need to be ill to take the day off and i believe it used to be called duvet days which i had no idea that existed <laughs> wrong generation wrong so generation yeah, <laughs> we'll come back to the sort of cool. direct impact of networking but andy what's your what are you willing to share? I think probably two two angles. Firstly, kind of uh, professionally. I mean, professionally, I, I get lonely. I mean, I think as an entrepreneur, I think you kind of sometimes you're in a circle um, of very limited cohorts around you. So I genuinely get kind of professionally lonely. And I think networking is very valuable for me and has been certainly over the last few months when we've been in proper cell lockdown. Um, and I think personally, mental health's always been a quite a, a grim reaper over my shoulder. Um, my mum's had very severe mental health, went into hospital a number of times when I was a, a young child. I was in foster care a lot. It kind of broke our family at different moments in time. So for me, I like I quite like to name the beast. I quite like to talk about it openly and name it because I think it's it's in, in years gone by, it was treated in a very different way and we never talk about it. Whereas now I think absolutely it's out there and we can name it and um, I talk... I, talk a lot sometimes about the gremlins and I, I like to throw my gremlins down some stairs when they when they appear so I they don't picture, can... I can picture those <laughs> just going yeah. down I can see you booting them down the stairs <laughs> all I do sometimes I literally if that mood's coming on that's a gremlin I'm, I'm kicking it down so for me it's it's personal because it, I've really encountered it and uh, and professionally and especially what we've just been through in the last few months I mean I don't mind sharing with you, you know I've, I've felt very lonely at times as an entrepreneur so for me, networking has been vital. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing, Andy. Mm -hmm. Kelly, your view perhaps a little bit different or your background uh, certainly different? Yeah, I think I come at it from a completely different angle. I think I'm quite lucky that I've never... I, I take on board what you say, Andy. Everybody is touched by it. I think for me, having learnt more about it recently, certainly since meeting James, it's, it's opened up my eyes to it a bit more. For me, it's about being mentally fit rather than addressing an issue. I want to be top of my game. I want to be best at what I do. So why wouldn't I train my brain to make it that way? So that's where I probably come from it. But my background, um, yeah, my, my dad was a Royal Marine. So if he fell over, you didn't cry, you got on with it. You, you know, I didn't ever 
think to talk to somebody if I felt like I had a problem. And I suppose 40 years on, I'm still doing that. I deal with an issue, fine. It's never going to be as bad as I've lost a lot of family members in my time. And I always think nothing's ever as bad as that, is it? You know, and I was prescribed antidepressants when one of my family members died about 10 years ago. And I can remember getting them and they just stayed on the side and I never even bothered taking them because I just knew for me that wasn't going to work. I had to get through it. Went to bed. remember getting into bed with my mum, just crying, falling asleep, waking up and going, right, let's get on with it then. And that's what I did. Um, I got, I even got prescribed iTalk, so the counselling service. I ended up counselling the woman that was ringing me to be counselled. And she said, I don't think this is going to work for you. I was like, no, I would call it a day then. So I'm very lucky and I am very aware of that. But for me, you know, networking, I came at it from a different perspective. I, 20 years ago, went to my first networking group because I wanted business. I didn't want connections. I had loads of connections. Roll that on 20 years. The connections are more important. You know, I'm sat here with great people that I've met because of networking and I would never want to change that now. The business is an added bonus for me. So, yeah, that's my, that's but my I, perspective. I, I think you actually summarize with mental fitness. And it's a bit like yourself with the gremlins. You, you know, there's something physical about it. You're sort of like, you're taking it, you know, something which we can't see and putting it in the real world. And I think that's a really good way, personally, of looking at it. I never, when I was going through, you know, tough times, never saw it as something physical, maybe... If I had that sort of, actually, I can easily visualise things, but I never visualised mental illness or illness. That's what or works for you, isn't it? Mm. And, you know, I went to networking, and we're going to talk about networking and that connection. I went to networking because I needed work, you know, and I was working for myself. I was a journalist in my previous life. I needed work. I spoke to my accountant at the time. He said, come to a networking group. And I went along, and I was nervous. And I didn't get any business. I didn't go back again because what was the point? Now, I'm part of, we run a networking business, which is kind of understood that it's far bigger than that. I then ended up going to a networking group, which is the networking group that we met at. And I really only went because of the support, the camaraderie, the friendship. And I didn't really recognize it at the time, how important that was. But looking back at it now, I can see it really clearly. I was very depressed at that time, very unhappy in my life. When I went to my networking group, I felt myself. I, I kind of had a niche, people liked me, I felt at home. And I think that clarity m helps me see networking quite differently from others. And we've built into some things in Only, which I'm going to share in a minute. But that's quite hard to get past, isn't it? I, I mean, I've, I'm sorry to interrupt. I think on. it's quite hard because I spent about three years networking, feeling I had to put on a shield. For, you know, I went along thinking, this is what you're meant to be like when you go networking. And funny enough, it wasn't, and I'm not just saying this because we're filming the podcast, but it wasn't until I went along to Only, I just went, you know what, it's going to be myself. You know, um, Kelly, you came up and just gave me a hug. And I was like, oh, I found my home. But, you know, I think obviously whatever networking group you went to, you felt comfortable amongst those people there that you just could be yourself. Has it changed for you, Andy, your approach to networking, what you perhaps perceived it to be versus what it is now? Spot on. I think when I first started six years ago, started the Inspiration Bureau, and I firstly I went out, I was absolutely a network tart. I went to everything <laughs> that I could, trying to work out, trying to in my I suppose in my my own way, trying to work out my space, where were the people I wanted to go. And you were you were bang on there about actually the reason I went networking was for business. I went there to to sell, sell, sell. 
um, and try and try and get leads and all the rest of it. And very quickly, I worked out the ones that I didn't want to go to again, wanted to go to again. And then actually, for me, it's all about I, I call it strategic alliances. So even without with own within only, there are a number of people can probably count them on two hands that I class as my strategic alliances that are kind of my inner in a circle of trust. Oh, hang on, this is we need some we need some panpipe bells. <laughs> but, yeah. but a kind of a group of people that are my strategic alliances that are you know we'd never sell to each other, but we're there for each other, and they're they're my ambassadors. They're promoting me without me even knowing it. I'm promoting them without me even knowing it. Um, and I I love that. So for me, it has absolutely changed from sell with a billboard. This is what I do. And by the way, I'm doing something tomorrow. Now I've got and this picture in my mind. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so actually, now it's all about kind of getting to know people and I love that over coming on to this this kind of idea of actually how you initially break the ice for me I've I now it's all about meeting people in a proper way not in a business way yeah it's that it's that word that's overused massively isn't it authenticity I can remember the first time sitting down having a chat with you and you said about an Elvis costume in your car and we had this chat and you don't what? remember it but <laughs> That's what I remembered. Wow. And we literally just sat down. There was a joke in the meeting. and it can't Do you think the listeners want to hear this, this story? But whatever the reason was, <laughs> no. I was talking about it. I yeah. can't remember. But it, mm. it was a joke. And that was, for me, and one of those... I've had it with quite a few people. But when you can sit down and genuinely have an open conversation with somebody, it can be quite shocking, I think, if you're not used to that. I'm very much hot on my sleeve. Mm. And I do think I probably scare people sometimes. You walked in the room and I hugged you. I hadn't seen you for... 20 years and you probably didn't even remember we did go to school together yeah i was i was pre pre on from james's introduction there but that was a lovely welcome so yeah and it, it's not for everyone and the point there is you don't have to be trying to please everyone do you, you just need to find your group your network that want you to be who you are and will accept you for being that so yeah i think if you can be yourself and you can trust those people around you what better feeling really it's the the idea of tribes, isn't it, comes up a lot. And I always forget the name of the chat. But it's in this Lost Connections book where I'll quote this. This is really the context of this is this idea that social media, news outlets, erosion of kind of community has isolated us. It's made us lonely. It's made us disconnected. And it's summed up in this quote. Um, We've become the first humans to dismantle our tribes and we're puzzled by our own sadness. We have a primordial need for tribes. Um, there, there's stuff in the book where he talks about the fact that um, people that are lonely are more responsive to the, the the idea of a threat because biologically we were we were taught that in groups we had safety because we knew that others, not just us, were keeping an eye out for a threat. So people that are lonely are literally at a heightened, almost predisposed fight or flight status because they're lonely so to bring that back to networking and this is the thing why I want to talk about how you approach networking because by the way this isn't exclusive to only we've recognized this and we've tried to change the way that networking works to make it more welcoming make it more about the connection but you can do this you can make meaningful connections at all networking. You certainly did, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. I think it's what you go, what you go there armed with, isn't it? If you go, I'm probably similar to you. I did go to networking. And well, I, just, I was a travel counsellor at that point. I just wanted to sell everyone a holiday because they all wanted one. So why wouldn't they buy one from me? And I was really successful. That was B&I and, and I loved it. It worked. 
doesn't work for everyone, you know, but it, it does work if that's what you're going there to do. It's a referral mechanism and that, for what it is, absolutely works. How, how do you deal with networking? How did you go from that business first into relationship approach? Um, I suppose it's the dating game. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of, you know, going to lots of different networking groups, working out something you said earlier on about values, actually kind of working out quite quickly. Are these, do these represent the values? Do I feel comfortable in this group? Can I, do I feel good about meeting uh, new people? And, and the thing I, I love now, and this is probably just because I'm getting older, is that actually when I meet somebody new now, I actually love the fact, I want to see how long the conversation goes on until maybe as a, as a back conversation, we suddenly go, oh, by the way, what do you do? I love that. I really enjoy that now where you're getting to know somebody. And especially in my, in my business, I, I do a lot with people to help them be themselves. And I talk a lot about backstory. And I love that as a, we're all very good at making conversation and telling our backstory. And if we did that, I think it would get a lot of the anxiety out in networking. It would really open people up before you then get to a point going, I like you. I wonder what you do and whether we could do business. I think that's a lovely way around that now. And and it's funny we talked about tribes actually as well because for me tribes is very, you know, I, I had sixteen years in the Royal Navy. That is tribal, you know, on multiple levels as you'd imagine. And then when you come out of that, you really miss it. And it's funny how we, we you know, wherever we catch up, you know, with uh, people I was in the Navy with, you kind of we would talk about the banter and that relationship thing that you miss. And it's finding the tribes as you yeah. as you develop in life in business, finding the the tribes that are right for you at that right moment. And I think some of the networking groups I start, I joined six years ago, I wouldn't be there now because I've moved on to a different place now. Yes. Actually, and I need a different mechanism of support behind that. It It's hard to find a tribe in the modern age. I mean, you mentioned dating, you know, dating acts. It used to be you went down the pub or you went to a club and you met people that way, didn't you? So we do have to rethink the way that we find our tribes. Um Andy, networking, one of the best ways to do that, in your opinion? What, to find your tribe? To find the people that are like you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I didn't, I mean, going back to what you were saying about finding the, the people, again, you know, rewind slightly. I went to get business, but then I'm, I'm naturally curious about what people do. And in my line of work, I need to make sure who I'm talking to feels really comfortable so that they can be themselves in front of the camera and through going networking I accidentally found a tribe to me tribe sounds like you know should be somebody who's like 21 years 22 years old not somebody who's just about to turn 40 so I found my tribe accidentally and that tribe is the people who are my advocates for my business who refer me who support me who compliment my business whether it's um you know, networking, referrals, um, somebody who can help with script writing, HR, legal staff, accountant. I'm like, they're all my tribe. And it's amazing because I think through the power of networking, especially what's happened in the world recently, if I didn't have that tribe, okay, I may have been part of a networking group, a fantastic networking group, but if that tribe wasn't there, I'd feel lonely, even though I wasn't lonely at home in my business. So, uh, yeah. I, mm. Personally, I want to try and find a different word than tribe. Well, actually, the way you've just gang. described it for me. Gang. <laughs> Mates. Well, I'm trying to find a motorbike gang in, in the only group. There's two of us so far, three of us. 
it's not a cool fresh term, but it's kind of for me, it's strategic strategic alliances, yeah. which which is my tribe. I can't, it's my I can't say strategic. <laughs> oh, I love my strategic alliances. Like they're like brothers to me. <laughs> Actually, now you've said it like that, you're right. It does sound really nice. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get the principle. There's a there's another book that I want to bring up, which I think helps you to understand the power of networking connect let's stop calling it networking it's connections facilitation of connections that's what networking is so helpful for mental health uh, purposes um there's another book that you may have seen it's called i'll get the pronunciation wrong i've actually written it phonetically here aikai guy the japanese secret to a long and happy life and it's basically um the author, and I haven't written their name down. That's cool, isn't it? Um, I'll, put, I'll put some text come up for it. <laughs> little caption. Down there. Travelled the world to work out why certain cultures, people in various parts of the world live the longest. What is the secret to a long life? Aikai guy basically means reason for being. And it was found that the pattern is so similar. It's exactly what it says in Lost Connections, but it's said in a positive way. So Okinawa is the perfect example of getting this principle right, their reason for being. They don't have a word for retirement because why would you ever stop working? Because if you're if you're working, because a lot of it is kind of land-based, they produce things, they trade with each other, it's very community-driven, why would I ever stop doing it? That's my purpose. Incredibly social. They will drop anything to go and see each other, to help each other. There's your connections bit. It all starts to map out that people that are happy live longer there's less cortisone all those damaging chemicals and things like that and again that that's a good book to read to understand why networking is so useful for kind of combating mental health but we get knotted up don't we we don't see it in that clarity yeah, way I, I think there's always there's always a bit of a stigma around networking as well isn't there and i think it's trying to tell people that doesn't have to be what it's always been like come and give it a try whichever group it is whatever and also when you're in a group recognize that there are other groups and that there will be crossovers in those networks and wow how powerful is that because what well, I'm, I'm a part of this network and actually I could be a part of this one too and I could double the amount of that's something that we don't very easily stomach and we get quite a lot of people that will come along and say but, oh I can't talk about this well that's in that's the same with anything whether it's salsa dance when you go to a particular yeah. club or you're a member of a snooker club you don't cross over yeah. and we face those challenges but I want to touch on a point with you know it's more of a networking but what's stopping somebody going to networking and I've found in my experience I've got to stand up and talk for one minute I can't do that when actual fact you can. Yeah. So again, it's that sort of like mental fitness, being prepared for it and being open enough. Like what you guys are doing um, this month is talking about mental well-being. I, I wonder how many people will feel more comfortable yeah. about networking and seeing it beyond the business point, beyond making connections, finding your tribe and getting the support and not realizing there's so many different levels to it. It's a bit like what you're talking about in the book. It's more than just simply, it's about business. Yeah. Completely, completely. We've um, we've tried within only to remove some of those barriers to connection. Something has to give, though. So, I mean, you've mentioned BNI. BNI is incredibly powerful for referrals, and they make no bones about that. We are the referral network. You will get business. Um, we we had to remove that because we don't want that to be the emphasis. We're the network for people that like people. We can't put the referral first. We put the relationship first. 
it's just as powerful. You just your starting point is is quite different. For us, the point there was that if I'm worried about stats and referrals and who could you, it, it's a barrier. It's hard enough. I think that's the point that networking has always been perceived as. It's a fairly formal pursuit. It's been drummed into us that in business we've got to be professional, and we do. It's not an excuse to be you know sloppy and lazy and crude and silly, but it's trying to get that balance, isn't it, to give make people feel comfortable enough to build relationships. And also, is it kind of the, the conscious and subconscious elements of this? So the conscious bit being, how much is this networking giving me in business? What, How many referrals am I getting? You know, How is it helping me? And I think people start, they always start with that measure. They kind of go, I'm part of this network because it, I'm going to get this return. Mm. When subconsciously, and it's just in the topic today about mental health, it's that the other stuff we don't talk about enough about what are all the subconscious things that you're getting from the network, you know, the, the, that group, that um, elimination of loneliness, that that, that shared feeling. Um, and I, I know I'm sounding all fluffy now, but there's a, there's a genuine business need for networking, isn't there, of course? But there's also the, this other part of it, which for me is kind of the subconscious stuff, which is it's great that we're talking about this today because I don't think we sell that benefit enough. Yeah. You, But when you work for someone, you had a team. You had a support structure around you. And I think this is why it's so important for entrepreneurs, business leaders, small businesses. We lose that. We think, oh, we've gained. And I certainly was in this position where, oh, I'm working for myself. I'm free. I can make my decisions. I didn't realize what I'd lost. I could only see what I'd gained. And it's not, you don't notice it overnight. It's an imperceptible decline. And then suddenly my mental health was appalling because I didn't have that support didn't have the camaraderie, the banter, you know, the simple fact that I know I can pick up the phone. We have a text conversation. We have a bit of fun, don't we? You you lose that, don't you? So how do we bring that back to the fore? Wow. Uh, I think just what you we're doing right now is talking about it and talking about, I think what you just said about, I did the same. I was living by myself in my flat. I started my business and I had, my girlfriend now my fiance at the time which would break up my day and i look forward to that and if that didn't happen oh my god it was like the worst thing ever so how can how can we do something about that and i think talking openly and honestly about it to start off with saying it's all right you can go to a networking group or something to do with your business and you can feel good you can you can make friends i mean that's the most important thing as well because i before joining only i was like now I've got my friends, I've got my Facebook, I've got my LinkedIn, and they're all there. And I'm like, I don't care anymore because I enjoy it so much. And once you overcome that mental barrier, I think it helps anybody who's working on their own, especially at the moment, by themselves. So it's that it's getting to that point where, like you said earlier, how do we get to the conversation rather than the discussion about what you do for a job? How do you walk the line? I bet you've got a view on this as well. It's a fine line though, isn't it? Between breaking the ice and being informal and perhaps getting a bit flippant. Have you got a view on that, Andy? It's that kind of, that, that's that initial conversation when you first meet somebody brand new, and I suppose I'm talking about a kind of live event now, you know, and, you, and you're in the room and it's the first time you've met them and it's that, those initial 45 seconds where instant judgments are being made and kind of people are kind of w working out. And I think for me, it's that bit, you know, if I pulled a business card out and went, hello, 
I'm Andy Taylor-White from the Inspiration Bureau. Already, to me, I'm, I'm turning myself off. You know, I'm already going, oh, here we go. I'm going to get the pitch. Whereas actually, if I surprise them a little bit in a good way, you know, with a, just something about kind of who they are, what they look like today, and just something that they, they weren't expecting, but in a very positive way, it's funny how people's attitudes immediately change. So everyone's got this. I loved what you said before, Andy, about this kind of armor that people sometimes have walking into a networking event or even online. And actually, if you can help them take some of that armor off and be more personal, I think it, it always it always works. And it's different for everybody. I think uh, when you approach that conversation, it's very different for everybody. Yeah. And there was something about um, buddies and stuff. We we're talking about them, about strategic alliances. I suppose the other thing I'm I'm looking for. This will sound really dodgy now, <laughs> but um, I'm kind of you know I'm looking for strategic alliances that will help me. But I'm also looking for. I'm making this phrase up as I'm saying it, kind of professional beer buddies, actually, who, you know, my tribe, my tribe's changed over, over the years. I've still got mates, by the way. <laughs> I'm not like, not on my own. But um, but actually, so, yeah, I want to create new friends as well. And I think, and actually, that's the, the other good side of networking. You meet great people at networking. So actually, if you can develop that relationship and it's a professional, professional beer buddies yes. and strategic alliances, great. How do you walk that line? Because our friendships... Change massively. Yeah, they have. They? I mean, a lot of that will be down to our personal circumstances, meeting a bit later in life, um, being brutal, cutting out people that didn't bring anything to your life or made you feel really awful. Uh, you know, that was a really big thing for us when we got together. I think for me, I probably go over the line. I am who I am, and I'm not going to make apologies for it. And I do understand that I might put some people off, but then I can't please everyone. So I'd much rather just get to that point quicker in some respect. Um, I think for me, it is recognising that not everybody's like that. There's a couple of members who I can see them when we're in a meeting, but thinking she's going to come and cuddle me in a minute. And I have to remember, no, don't do it because they really don't like it. And I, I'm getting better at that. So I think it's just being open minded to different people's styles. I think your point, Andy, very much so in the room, make a joke about something that's happening or, you know, what have we just talked about? Well, let's further that conversation a bit first and then get to know them. And I think on Zoom, the, the biggest, not problem, but scariest factor is probably the breakout session, mm. particularly for us, because we chuck somebody into a room with a random connection, just two people. And it's almost that, oh, my goodness, I'm sat here and I don't know who it's going to be. I love that. I love that. Absolutely love I that. I don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. And we at the beginning used to pair people up because oh, it was a nightmare. Apart from the fact I had to run up and down the stairs to give him the list 20 times because I changed who people were going to go with. But now... I think if you don't love it. I've warmed to it. I don't want to say I yeah. don't love it. I've warmed to it, but it's a bit like, it's something I've got used to because how how am I going to have that tea or coffee moment? Yes. And you'd probably struggle in that scenario. Probably a bit easier, but I think for people like us, Andy, I do love it. And I love to see what's in the background. I want to talk about what they're wearing, what they've got on the wall behind them. That's an easy icebreaker. And you've breaking through a couple that. of minutes in already. Yeah, yeah it's, it's breaking through that, that boundary, isn't it? And you'll find certain people won't be comfortable. So you do have to tread carefully. Some people don't want to talk about their personal lives. You've got to respect that. But I do think you have to push that a little bit and you get more experienced at judging. I have found something which seems to work uh, with Zoom. Because I had it the other day. I was about to, well, I've had it when I was interviewing for the apprenticeship role. And uh, there's that awkward moment where the video comes on first and you're looking at the audio. You're like, yeah, we can't talk yet. So I've decided just to make a thing of it instantly. Yeah. The, I just like, I look at it and I go, 
that awkward moment where we're both waiting for that audio to connect and we're just looking at each other. And then you immediately mm-hmm. relax, yeah. laugh. I mean, especially with, I was interviewing, you know, 18, 20, 23 year olds who I feel like a dinosaur now, but it's just like, you're, you're watching that moment. And I thought, you know what? That's gonna make me feel more comfortable. And so I actually use that method on the breakout yeah. moment, especially when I see someone I've never spoke to before. I look at it like, yeah, here we go. Adjust a screen. <sighs> yeah. And relax. And if you can kind of go into that with a couple of things like that. Yeah, some methods, yeah. You may even have a bullet list of bullet points next to you. What kind of icebreakers can I do? Uh, icebreakers, yeah. Come. Brilliant. And actually, what that's one thing I do love about networking when you do get an attendee list before yes. I'm about to sound like a really dodgy Stasi police officer now. <laughs> but I like to look at that list and I'll work out if if I've seen stuff on social media that there's some of these injuries have posted or something, mm. I'll I'll want to draw that out for my conversation. I'll go, wow. You know, I've just seen that online about you last week. You know, and it, it helps to kind of break that ice as well. There's more ammunition out there that sometimes we've got the time. It's quite helpful to do that. But you've already got to know that person in a way because mm. you've looked them up and you've familiarised yourself done with your them. You've done your investigations. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Let's not ignore the fact we go business networking because we want to gain business. We would be very naive to pretend that that is not a big factor, but it doesn't mean that all these other things can't be as important. I think that's the key. Just changing that emphasis, isn't isn't it? it? And we've got built into our manifesto, if you want to call it that, culture playbook. We will have a massive impact on improving overall health and well-being in business. We feel that really strongly, don't we? Because we know that networking done the right way does have a massive impact on people's lives and that feels like a very worthwhile thing to do so well thank you everyone thanks for all your contributions today and thanks for listening to the only podcast